This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This week on the Eurotrip, we go behind the scenes with the UK delegation for Junior Eurovision. We bring you an exclusive from some favourites from Eurovision 2023, and everything you need to know about ESCZ 2024 from Czechia's head of delegation. It's time for the Eurotrip. The Eurotrip, when I read that, I was immediately thinking of the movie. Do you know the movie? Hi, I'm Leanne. Hello, Leanne. Uh, Leanne, are you a Eurotrip podcast listener? I am, yes. <laughs> I, I should say, I met some Eurotrip fans here. I was chatting with people outside the entrance. They said, oh, are you, are you Bella Fist? And I said, yeah, I know you're from the Eurotrip. What did you have for breakfast? It was last night. I did not have a kebab for breakfast. Queen Lorene, Eurovision winner. Did you ever think you would be back here again? I get goosebumps. No way. Martin Ostadar, Executive Supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. Welcome to the Eurotrip. Thank you very much. Welcome back, I think it is, right? Hello everybody and welcome to another brand new episode of the Eurotrip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast with me, Rob, me, James, and this week, and I can't really state this enough, it's a big episode. We have got exclusives left, right and centre, we've got big news stories coming your way, and we'll be previewing Sunday's Junior Eurovision Song Contest. Yeah, it's a big load of everything, isn't it? I think last week we said we're going to focus solely on Junior Eurovision, which is coming up on Sunday. But we've just got a few bits of other things as well that we couldn't turn down, we really wanted to bring to you, and there's some big stories from some big guests. Yeah, so rest assured, we will still talk about the Junior Eurovision Song Contest because, as we said, that is coming up in a few days' time on Sunday. The UK have a pretty decent chance of maybe winning the contest. We will talk about that. 
But, James, as you mentioned, we have had plenty of news coming into the Eurotrip news inbox to the news <laughs> centre. We've been creating our own headlines and we will kick off the podcast with a chat all about ESCZ, which, of course, we were talking about on last week's show. Yes, so the 2024 edition of that was announced last week. So this week, we're going to be chatting to Christoph Samal, who is the head of delegation over in Czechia. Be getting some inside gossip on what that show is going to look like. And it's going to look a little bit different to what you think it might, to what's already been announced. Now, I don't want to say this because I know that Lee Smithers listens to the podcast, but I think Christoph might be the most honest head of delegation out there <laughs> of any Ooh. head of delegation. He's so open and honest, isn't he? Yeah, open. He's the most open, not not maybe the most honest. You, don't, you can't say some of them aren't honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But also, of course, Taya and Selena are on the podcast as well. So all that and more to come. You're listening on Acast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. James, I know the music has stopped, but I feel like there's still stuff to talk about. I feel like we <laughs> actually haven't even sold enough of what's coming up. Taya and Selena, I just mentioned them. You spoke to them earlier on in the week. There's already been plenty of headlines from that chat and people haven't even heard it yet. Yes, which we won't ruin if you haven't read the story already over on eurotrippodcast.com. But yeah, we've got an exclusive with those two who represented Austria in Liverpool earlier this year. Very excited to bring you that. And uh, we should say as well, we're going to be joined by one of, you mentioned there, Lee Smithers' colleagues from uh, the UK delegation that's heading over to Nice uh, for the Junior Eurovision Song Contest. We'll be chatting to somebody from that core team as well. We love having some BBC Eurovision people on the podcast, so nice to bring you someone from the BBC Eurovision team out in Nice for Junior Eurovision on the way a little bit later on. James, to kick off with, I'd quite like some sympathy from you and everybody listening. You're not going to get it from me, because I already know what you're going to mention, (sighs) but it's just tremendously embarrassing, isn't it? It's tremendously embarrassing, and I imagine for everyone else, quite funny, but (laughs) yesterday because I'm apparently a 75-year-old nana, (laughs) I I fell down the stairs. Does that happen to people anymore? I didn't realise that was still a thing. What do you mean anymore? It's not like like we've evolved to not (laughs) fall down the stairs. When was the last time you heard anybody had fallen down the stairs? And you did it in front of the Sainsbury's home delivery driver as well. That's so embarrassing. No, it was embarrassing. So, yeah, basically, to paint a picture for you, uh, we got our food shop delivered on Monday. And uh, uh, so the food comes in crates. I took the two crates upstairs because I live in a first floor flat and I emptied the crates of the food and then I went to take the empty crates back down and I think what may have happened there, James, is I missed the top step because I was carrying the crates and couldn't see where my feet were and honestly, I am sore. That's what I am. (laughs) I am sore. What is it? The foot? The toe? What have you done? It's the bottom of the back, the top of my bum and... (laughs) The big toe on my left foot, to be specific, and I've been walking around with a limp ever since. I might have broken it, but I can't be sure. Pictures coming on socials, or is that a private matter? Does anybody want to see a picture of my (laughs) massive bruised big toe? I don't think they do. (sighs) Well, thank you for humouring me, if not giving me any sympathy at all. Um, Feel free to, uh, to give me some sympathy anyone that's listening i don't know how i imagine you're going to do that i don't i don't expect any of you to send me a 
get well soon card. Anyway, I won't be putting my address in the description for today's episode. <laughs> so you know what? You guys leave it. But I, I know you're thinking of me. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll pop the grapes in the post. Do people still do that? Give people what? grapes when they're I sick? thought you were going to say put grapes in the post. I don't know. No. Anyone's <laughs> ever put any grapes in the post? That'll go badly. Anyway, should we chat about Eurovision again? That's, of course, the reason why we're here. Uh, last week, we brought you a new episode of Rewind. We will be bringing you a few more episodes in the coming weeks. We just thought we'd take a break from it this week to originally focus on Junior, and that is spiralled out of control. So a new episode of Rewind next week. However, uh, last week we did Rewind 1969, which was the furthest back we've ever been. And maybe, I think we probably both thought, we're not really going to uncover any gems or or any big stories or anything like that. However, I did go off on a tangent and uh, got that statement from the family (laughs) of Amadeo Gabino, who was the... uh, who was the the sculpturist, I think that's the right word, uh, who designed the sculpture on the stage. But a lot of people originally thought it was Salvador Dali, which is incorrect. Yeah, just to fill people in, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I mean, do go back and have a listen to Rewind because it was fascinating. Um, James took it upon himself to contact the family of a man (laughs) that died many years ago who may may or may not have made the sculpture for the stage in 1969. As you found out, James, he did make the sculpture the sculpture not as is often misreported salvador dali yes you had your head in your hands at one point when when i was telling you what i've been doing but thankfully other people appreciated it thanks to jack on twitter who said unreal top level journalism i'm not officially a journalist i should say but I'll take it. It was you've unreal. Got, you've, got, you've got a degree. You've got a qualification. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, thanks to Alex uh, on Twitter as well, who got in touch to say that he's so proud to be part of a community of people who would go this far to confirm the origin <laughs> of a 54-year-old stage decoration. I can't imagine many other people uh, would have been doing what I was doing, but I had some spare time, so it was uh, it was a pleasure to correct the record. <sighs> yeah, only in the Eurovision community would anything like that ever happen, or people be so <laughs> dedicated and passionate like you are to, uh, to go to those extremes for research. But uh, yes, I know loads of you enjoyed it, and I know loads of you have been enjoying the Rewind series so far. So as James said, more episodes to come and also a few more Rewind Revisiteds on the way on the uh, on the Fridays that are coming up over the next few weeks where we are delving back into our own archives and bringing you the best stuff from Series 1 of Rewind, which we aired on the podcast last year. Don't forget then, you can get in touch with us here on the podcast at any time. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us on TikTok as well at Eurotrip Podcast. Uh, You can email us, hello at EurotripPodcast.com. And don't forget to read all of our exclusive stories on EurotripPodcast.com. Now, loads of you were doing that last week, not just about Salvador Dali, but the other big talking point, I suppose, from the podcast. This is something that we put out there into the ether and wanted you to to help us out. Because, James, we were pondering, weren't we, has there ever been a situation where a country has held two different national finals in the same calendar year? Because that is effectively what the Czech Republic, or rather Czechia, are doing this year, isn't it? Because, uh, of course, me and you were in Prague for ESCZ uh, 2023, 
which was uh, at the very, very start of February, 1st of February, I think it was. Um, but yes, he's at 2024, as we found out last week, is going to be in December, December the 4th, not long. Yes, exactly. So I think we posed the question, has this ever happened before? The same national final twice in the same year. And I th- we didn't know off the top of our heads, uh, but I think we've got an answer. We do. So the answer is, yes, it has happened a few times, actually. Uh, it's even happened in Czechia before. <laughs> so uh, ESCZ... 2022 happened in 2021. Mm. So, yeah, I, I don't know when ESCZ 2021 happened, though, although it didn't really, did it? Because Pandemic and Benny Christa got picked again. So that doesn't quite count, I don't think. Okay. Benjamin, though, uh, at High Windows 88 on Twitter, uh, VidBeer 2022 and VidBeer 2023 both took place in 2022. Yes, that is true. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. So very recently. And uh, a final one from Elliot, if you go back a little bit further. Uh, Malta hosted their national final in November 2014 for 2015 to make use of the stage they'd used for Junior Eurovision the previous week. So again, not quite what we asked, but that was a very early national final. They're coming back to me now, though, because then Malta are hosting some of their national selection now, and uh, they must have hosted it earlier this year. And then also going back a couple of years, did Estonia with Esti Lauer not have a, their usual national final for like, let's say 2021 mm. in February-ish? And then they introduced quarterfinals for the 2022 edition, but held those in like the October. So I think th- this isn't as rare as we thought it was. So basically what we're saying is that me and you just had a complete mind blank last week. <laughs> and actually it's happened quite often. I think that's what we're saying, yeah. Mind blanks with us. Who'd have thought of it? Who'd have thought it indeed? But yeah, thank you to all of uh, all of those of you who got in touch and helped us out there. And uh, James, we're going to stay with stay with ESCZ because we brought you the news, of course, last week that ESCZ would be returning very soon. That final with an audience for the first time. First time there's been an audience for a selection show in Czechia since 2008, I think is uh, is correct. Oh, where uh, oh, you've you've posed yet another great question. No, I think I'm I'm happy to stand by that. I'm okay. sure it was 2008, the last time that uh, that Czechia had a national final with an audience. Anyway, it's happening again, but we now have even more details. We have more details that no one else knows because you have been catching up with our pal Kristoff, uh, who is Czechia's head of delegation. Yes, uh, uh, the first exclusive of the week for you. He hasn't spoken to any other outlet, so everything you're going to hear uh, is being heard for the very first time. So yeah, very exciting to catch up with Christoph. Uh, I think we caught up with him, and you'll have heard from him on the podcast when we were in Prague earlier in the year. But great to have him back. Uh, this is what happened when I caught up with him a little bit earlier on today. Christoph, welcome back to the Eurotrip. It's uh, it's been a long time. Nice to see you again. Hi guys, thank you for inviting me. I'm I'm glad to see you after after a year. Exactly. Yeah, we caught up in uh, January, of course, for ESCZ 2023. What's uh, what's life since Eurovision been like? Have you been on travels? What uh, what did the summer hold for you? Ah, uh, yeah. Basically, I I did uh, work on my other projects. I'm currently working on. Plus, as usual, right after the end of uh, last Eurovision, I jumped in to to meet a possible uh, artist for, for this year's edition. So I did a lot of meetings with artists that were uh, previously in, in Eurovision national selections, plus the up-and-comers that, that never ever were thinking about having that experience. So I was meeting those people and trying to explain them what, what's Eurovision about. 
uh, and maybe invite them to to send the songs to our national selection. So yeah, it's, it was like busy, busy summer, I would say. And were those good meetings with those artists as well? Presumably, you had some really good conversations. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like uh, some of the people, they are willing maybe to jump in in upcoming years. Uh, there will be revision for Czech Republic. Uh, some of them you might see in this year's national selection. So uh, I think it was very interesting. Exciting. Yeah. Obviously, this year's national final for t- for 2024, at least, is on the 4th of December. So not long to go. Yep. Uh, and you've got a, a few hundred submissions in and you're going to have five artists perform on the night. Is that right? Uh, actually, the, you are the first ones to know, but we might have uh, we might have more than five, to ah. be honest. Because it was very, very hard to uh, to select just five songs. I think we can have a very strong national selection this year. So we are thinking about maybe having a little bit more. Uh, and basically, to be honest, in the last couple of years, it's uh, it's plateaued uh, on the on kind of the same uh, same number. So it was, I would say, around two hundred fifty ish. It was over 100 uh, artists. Most of them, they sent like two or three songs. So it's um, somewhere around like 200 to 300 songs. I didn't count it like on on like exact pinpoint number, but I think it, it's around 250-ish. Uh, you must be pleased with that number as well, because I remember chatting to you earlier in the year and for 2023, at one point, there was a possibility of Czechia not actually being in Eurovision 2023. So to have that national final and then to have a you know around 250 songs submitted this year, you must be really pleased. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Still, this year was also very complicated because uh, Czech Television was going through this uh, sort of a transformation in the sense that uh, the new director of Czech Television was appointed. So there was a big, uh, big question. Uh, about his approach to Eurovision and to other programs, obviously. Uh, so we weren't sure again if, if Eurovision will will happen, but gladly uh, he did approve. So yeah, that's why we are uh, aiming to to have it on fourth of December. Uh, and I'm also very pleased with uh, my bosses approving this uh, uh, this date actually to 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 host it again uh, in December. Yeah, I was going to say, obviously, it's very early. It'll be before Christmas. It'll be one yeah. of the first songs to be chosen. But as you say, that gives you a lot more time to work with that one artist and really hone what that performance will look like in Malmö. Exactly, exactly. Like, uh, we did it only once uh, this way. But uh, according to my experience, with our limited budget, with our like small team, uh, it's very hard for us to do the proper work with the winner if he or she is selected at the end of January because then obviously we had to submit all the all the basic info to to EBU at the beginning of March so basically the the one finalist that wins national selection does a ton of interviews right after after she or he wins so basically when this happens at the end of January the artist is like very overwhelmed next one or two weeks. So it's very hard to focus on like staging, outfits, possible revamp of the song. So this one month plus that uh, that's, um, that's made possible by having the national selection or hosting national selection in December 
is a huge help. And you've been working with Caesar Sampson again, who represented Austria in 2018. How good is it to, to have him on board? You've worked with him for, for a couple of years now. And the, in the previous years, he was sort of a, like helping us out of a goodwill because he's, uh, we became friends, uh, actually very good friends after the Eurovision 2018. And we've been back and forth, like discussing different topics, like song selection and stuff. So he, he was always willing to give us his opinion. But in previous years, it was only like very short time frame. But this year, we actually managed to uh, officially hire Cesar as a, as a part of our core team, at least for this uh, initial uh, initial phase of uh, of preparation. That means for for at least national selection and the short time after the the winner is selected. Uh, and I have to say that it's already been a huge huge help. Uh, also. In my opinion, it always helps to have somebody that that has like fresh uh, look on the on the songs. Is not involved with any of the artists in Czech Republic, so basically his main focus is just the songs. Uh, that how it's supposed to be, in my opinion. I became friends uh, with a lot of artists in in the last three four years, so I like to have somebody that is not involved with the Czech scene as a like right hand to basically correct my my bias because I obviously can't uh, I can't avoid to have some kind of a biases when selecting the, the the songs so basically he's the only one uh, outside of uh, Czech Republic so we actually gave him a huge uh power this year uh because we think it's a uh, the combination of our uh, of our taste and of our biases, obviously, plus his completely outside perspective, I think can make for a great uh, selection this year. And I'm, I'm, I'm honestly like, I'm, I don't want to sound like Steve Jobs with, uh, with, <laughs> or, or, or Cook with presenting new iPhone every year. I'm saying that it's the best iPhone ever, but I honestly think that we we can have, if not the then at least one of the strongest national selections we we ever had. And we're chatting on the 21st of November, so still a couple of weeks to go until the national final. Does that mean right now... Less than two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Sorry to put the pressure on. Does that mean right now you aren't 100% about who those artists will be? You said you might want more than five. Right now you still haven't actually decided. Well, we, are, we, are, we are still, we are still, I, I, I can't talk like specifically because obviously that's inside information, but we are still in uh, uh, in selection process, so to say. We have most of them uh, selected, I guess, but we still have like one or two um, question marks for various reasons I can't talk about, but uh, if everything will go as planned, I think we will have seven. But there is also possibility to have six or five, because we are still, as I said, like with two, with two artists, we are still like in the process of negotiation. So let's see what happens. Uh, and yeah, I think we will we will announce something like officially, sometimes next week when when we are completely sure about the lineup. And what's really exciting this year as well, the show is going to be live again, but you've got a, a studio audience as well. That shows some growth from last year, doesn't it? Yeah, we were thinking about how to improve upon last year. Thanks thanks to you guys in last edition, it was step up in this direction as well. This year, we will probably have uh, Cesar Samson because like, it was very convenient for us to have him as a part of our core team. 
plus like uh give him the opportunity to do the interviews and to know the artist because he will he will be giving them advice and stuff like that uh but yeah we were th- thinking about how to improve uh in some major way and like like uh live audience was the obvious choice for us so Cyril here the head of production was able to to cement a deal with Roxy with one of the most famous music clubs in, in Prague so yeah I think we, we will have a decent crowd let's talk about the vote earlier in the year we had uh, a vote from the the Czech audience and then we had a, an international vote as well can you talk us through what the voting structure will look like this year uh it will be exactly the same uh so it will be 730 we are again aiming to have it uh from uh from midnight on 4th from 4th to 5th of December up until Monday of 11th that's our main goal obviously we will confirm it in upcoming days the exact like uh voting window we are aiming for but uh most probably it will it will look like um i just uh, i just explained uh, and of course with vesna earlier this year top 10 finish in the grand final obviously a huge great result for for czechia based off the songs you've heard so far and the songs you've selected what are you hoping for what do you think you can achieve in sweden next year yeah to be honest we are always trying to aim for our best possible outcomes obviously sometimes some uh outcomes like top 5 top 10 are more probable than other years uh, uh obviously it depends on what songs we are receiving each year but again we will definitely aim for top 10 like we need to we need to have uh decent results for the Czech audience to um, to get them a bit more interested in the brand that's in my opinion one of the only ways for for Czech audience to to be interested uh, and to watch it a bit more than than we would like to so then then uh, i'm sorry then it's it's uh, usual for last years so basically we were definitely in for top 10 uh, i hope if it's going to happen or not that depends obviously on other songs you can't uh, you can't influence that uh, at all but i think we have a very strong selection it's uh, it's very possible for us to have a decent result with especially with the with one month more time to preparation to to figure out everything christoph thanks for finding some time to chat to us and with just a couple of weeks to go best of luck get back to work and uh, hopefully you have a great national final thank you so much thank you uh, for having me and see you You're listening to The Euro Trip with Rob Lilly and James Rowe. Like what you're hearing? Make sure to leave us a review and a rating whenever you're listening. So this is indeed the Eurotrip podcast, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast. Well done for being here, everybody who is listening in this week. And especially well done to any of you who may be listening for the very first time. Lovely to have you. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome along if it's your first time. Welcome back if you are a regular listener. Always great to have you along. And lovely to hear from Christoph again uh, to give us a bit more detail on what the plans are for ESEZ in less than a couple of weeks. I, I, I love the fact that he seems so relaxed about the fact that it's less than two weeks away and they're still putting plans in place. I just, he was so laid back about it. What? We've already said that me and you got the chance to spend a, a few days with Christoph in Prague earlier this year for ESCZ 2023. And he is possibly the most horizontal man 
in the world of Eurovision, I think. Nothing phases him. He's so chill. And I have no doubt that it will be a great show and everything will be fine. But uh, yeah, it's funny that those details haven't been nailed down yet. Uh, how do you feel about being replaced by Caesar Sampson uh, as one of the co-hosts this year? I think I'm fine with it. How are you about it? I think I'm okay. I mean... A jury jury winner, Eurovision jury winner, Caesar Sampson. Correct. We've n- we've never done that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, if I had the choice between me and Caesar Sampson, I'd go with Caesar Sampson. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Although jokes on him, if Austria decide to have a uh, selection show this year <laughs> or in twenty twenty four, and they pick me and you instead of him, <laughs> yeah, jokes on you, Caesar. If that happens. <laughs> But yeah, really interesting stuff there. Uh, you've already mentioned it, James. They're still trying to hone some of the details by the sounds of it. There might be five songs. There might be six. There might be seven. Who knows? And also, I thought this was super interesting as well. The fact that Christoph said he'd been chatting to, and I'm not quite sure, I can't quite remember the wording, former National Final Land Eurovision artists. Is that what he said? Mm, he's been a busy man this year. I asked him as he enjoyed his summer. And I know he's been on his travels. He was in the US for quite a long time. He didn't bother telling me about any of that. He just wanted to focus on all the work he's been doing. So yeah, he's been chatting to some previous artists. I wonder if any of them might crop up or if there'll be a lot of new artists. But also he seemed to tease that he might have been laying the foundations for some uh, some big artists to return in the in the coming years as well. Yeah, fascinating. Well, if you want to read a bit more about what Christoph had to tell us, you can do over at eurotrippodcast.com. We've been writing about it over there, as we always do, of course, for our exclusive stories here on the podcast. And James, talking of exclusive stories, a monster this week, a whopper from some of the class of Eurovision 2023. Yeah, we've just been talking about Austria, haven't we, with Caesar Sampson, uh, represented the country in 2018. Fast forward five years to 2023, and they were represented by Tia and Selena with Who the Hell is Edgar, a song that often just gets called Po Po Po, uh, for good reason, possibly. Uh, and yeah, it was great to catch up with them on Saturday morning, bright and early, uh, to talk all about the release of their very fun and very catchy Christmas song, Ho Ho Ho. Have you heard it, Rob? I have heard a very, 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 very small bit of it. And as you said, it is very, very fun. We'll put we'll put a bit of it in the podcast. Maybe we'll put a bit of it in the chat with Tara and Selena. But it is very, 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 very fun. And I'm very pleased that those two have done it because I don't think any other two Eurovision artists could have done a song like that that isn't them, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. It's very Edgar-esque, as I think it's safe to say. And it's really fun. And it's not a cheesy Christmas song. It's uh, it's unique in its own in its own way. So yeah, as I say, I caught up with them on Saturday morning. And here is what happened uh, when we caught up. So let's now chat to two of the biggest stars, two of the most fun stars from Eurovision 2023. Let's say hello to Tia and Selena. Hello. Hello, hello. Oh, <laughs> it's great to have you here. And I don't know, I'm going to say it to begin with, just to get it out of the way, because of the new song title, uh, Merry Christmas. Is it too early to say that? Um, yes. Maybe. Probably too early. <laughs> You're the ones who released the Christmas song. You released the Christmas song in November. So I guess you've given me permission to say Merry Christmas. And we've given you permission to listen to Christmas music now. <laughs> You've got to tell us then, you've gone from po-po-po to ho-ho-ho, whose idea was this? Were you just like looking at what rhymes with po-po-po and thinking, hold on, ho-ho-ho, that's a Christmas song, that works. The the brain behind this one is actually um, like fully 100% Taya and Elsie Bay, 
Ah. So basically, um, what we did, who the hell is Edgar? But everybody calls the song Po Po Po. Nobody really calls it who the hell mm. is Edgar. And then um, we did the second song, which happened by mistake, called Bye Bye Bye. So when we sat down to write the Christmas song, I think it took us a millisecond to decide the song should be called Ho Ho Ho. (laughs) (laughs) Just to have this like trilogy of um, of like songs that have like three words. (laughs) It's like a main main thing, basically. Um, so that was a very quick decision. And then um, it only made sense for Celine and I to do the song together um, as like the end of uh, our like trilogy and um, year and era kind of thing. So um, Ho 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 just made the most sense, I guess. <laughs> it was just very clear. This is going to be it. <laughs> so wait, what came first then? Was it Ho 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 or was it the idea of actually doing a Christmas song or did both of them sort of happen at the, the exact same time? Um, it was the idea first. So um, Warner, um, the the label that we did Eurovision with and like songs after, they basically asked us if we were like up to do a Christmas song. And my initial reaction, I think Selena was always on board because she's always like super excited about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Like a like a golden red reaver. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I was like very skeptical because I, I was like, I don't know if... I am able to write a Christmas song that isn't cheesy. So I was like debating the topic with my manager, Pelle, and uh, we were talking and I was like, I don't know, like maybe maybe the only way we could do a song together if, is, if it was about like Mrs. Claus and how she's doing all the work instead of Santa Claus. And then we both kind of looked at each other and we were like, well, <laughs> there's the answer of how to write a song that isn't very cheesy. So um, he put me into like a group with Tom and Elsie and uh, we we wrote the song and I think in like the fi- first five minutes of writing it, I was like, fuck, this is good. There's a saying that they're not full and it is insane thing. Her name is Gertrude and she's got a long clit. Are you fucking kidding? Ho, 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 Merry Christmas from the phone. I hope the fucking snow don't eat the cookie dough. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas from the phone. Let's start the fucking show. Walk up till let's go. To the North Pole. Did you have that same reaction, Selena, when you heard it then? Did you immediately think, yeah. yeah, this is good. I want to put my vocals on this. I love it. Definitely, definitely. This that's There was no... I, I haven't had to think about it one second because already the beginning is like so Edgar-ish, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so, um, no, it's, it's, it was crazy and I love crazy. So that's why I say yes. I've got to ask about what the the last six months or so have been like. What's it been like for for you two? Obviously, you released a song uh, a couple of months ago. Was it in in September? You mentioned before, bye bye bye. What's it been like to to get that out there? And I think you know you guys are still staying pretty active in the Eurovision community as well. You know the the fans are still clinging on to you because they love you so much. Well, um, yeah, the last six months, crazy. Actually, I had um. I mean, we've been talking about this before. I am not like Taya writing three bangers a day. <laughs> uh, she's like a very busy person. Oh, stop, girl. You know that you do that. <laughs> um, so basically her life is like after Eurovision, she was working a lot. So me, I was trying to get into my normal life back again. That was hard because there weren't 
thousands of people in a in a in an arena waiting for us to to sing our song with us together. There was Vienna in my empty apartments and <laughs> some small gigs somewhere, you know. So it was it was kind of hard to find back again. Uh, and Taya, you you guys went to London, was that right? Uh, a couple of months ago, and, and had a, a Eurovision gig as well. How nice was it to be like in that room, albeit smaller than the arena in Liverpool, obviously, but to still have those Eurovision fans who turn up uh, uh, to to see you perform? That must have been lovely. That was really really nice. I think um, because for the both of us, um, the 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 really cool part about this whole experience was the connection to the fans because Eurovision fans are just so loving and and so supportive and they truly love Eurovision for what it is. So they know every single song by heart and they're always up there to have like a good party and to sing along and to dance with you and be be like so accepting. I feel like um, that's probably something Selena and I talked about, talk about this a lot like privately because I think with Eurovision and and especially with the fans being so accepting and so loving, um, we've like grown also so much as people and and our confidence and um, I think it changed us for the better. And uh, being around people that gave us those opportunities or that um, um, are just like a family to us basically now, I feel like is the best thing ever. Is it something that you would do again? I feel like all, almost every artist would probably say, yeah, I'd love to do it again. But like, are you sitting there, Taya, on your three bangers a day, as Selena mentioned, going, <laughs> right, this one could be Eurovision song again. Like, what's the, what's the, what's the, the mindset for that? Um, so I, I definitely want to be around Eurovision forever because I, I think I want to go as a writer and and, you know, help artists to get somewhere. I don't think right now that um, I'm going to do it as a solo artist. Maybe like someday, maybe like in four or five years, I'm like, yeah, it feels it feels right to go to go again. I will definitely want to keep that around. I think that's also like a, um, a huge topic with like my publishers and, and um, the people I work with in Berlin. They, of course, try to get me in like bigger sessions and like artists and uh, that are established and stuff. And I never wanted to like let go of the Eurovision sessions because that's something that I really truly enjoy writing for Eurovision and being around people that want to go to Eurovision. So I think that's something that I'm always going to try to keep, no matter like how busy I get. That's good. That's good news, at least. I was I was worried in case you went. No, I don't want anything to do with it anymore. <laughs> We're going to lose you. So it's great I'm that done. you're going to stick around. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Uh, Selena, I've got to ask you. Um, Taya mentioned before that this song, the Christmas one, is sort of like the the third part of the trilogy which makes me feel like is that it are we going to get something more maybe next year or are you going to upset us and say no that's it what's the what's the longer term plan for for Tia and selena we don't want to upset you guys but the thing is like we have a lot of our own solo things going on so we're writing songs for our solo projects right now and prepare each other prepare each other prepare ourselves <laughs> for for that time so um i guess for now this will be the last song after eurovision we didn't really know if we we're gonna do more songs and uh, these two just kind of happened to to fall into place and it made like a lot of sense but i think um we talked and and even like with the distance now it's just harder to to like really sit down and and then like, like make a project big together 
And also what we kind of figured out is we we are very comfortable doing this together because it's just so easy and it's so much fun. And then, you know, doing this whole Eurovision thing, which is a lot of a lot of stress and and, and super high pressure was not that hard for us because we had it together and it kind of, mm-hmm. um, you know, any negative comment went to us both and wasn't anything personal and, and stuff. So. Uh, we're always going to support each other. Maybe there's going to be features on the way, and maybe we're leave, we'll leave in the side. Let's Was do it, it an invitation? Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, maybe we'll leave in the side to do another song together. But I think that's it for now. I think Ho 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 is a very good ending to a very good year. And um, it felt right to put like a full stop there. Also, you never know. Like, I want to try your vision again. Like I want to do it again, definitely as an artist. Um, so maybe if you if you're up to writing songs for your vision, like you know, yeah. you know where I. Am. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll might get a, a Selena on stage with a a tear written song. That would I feel like many people want to be uh, signing up for that. Maybe that would be. I think that would only feel right. I think that yeah. would make the most sense. Uh, we were chatting earlier on before we press record as well, and uh, I told Taya that she lives in the same city as Daddy Freya. She didn't know this, that they both live in Berlin. I wonder, Selena, are you now worried now if you're going to put a, a full stop, at least for now, for Taya and Selena? She might go off and do a Taya and Daddy instead. Is that something that worries you, Selena? Actually, I would, I would love to see that. <laughs> 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 I'm not worried. I'm not jealous. I would love to see that combo. <laughs> <laughs> so daddy so, if you're listening Taya is is up for it are you up for it i think you are i'm definitely up for it yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try and reach out probably just because we're in the same city and 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 we do the same silly music <laughs> i feel like that would make a lot of sense but yeah thanks for telling me i'm definitely gonna check it out <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this has been great fun. Thank you so much for both getting up early on a on a Saturday to, to have a chat. And I should say, because I've not said yet, this song, Ho Ho Ho, is really great fun. And the music video is equally as fun. So best of luck with it. Thanks for joining us. And I'm going to say it again. I don't care. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So welcome back then to the Eurotrip podcast, the world's favorite Eurovision podcast. And James, we have had exclusive after exclusive. Earlier on, Christoph, Czechia's head of delegation. And then just before the ads there, you heard from Taya and Selena who are, sad face, 
breaking up as a duo, a splitting as a duo. However, Smiley Face sounds like there could be some very exciting plans for both of them individually, but maybe, maybe together, and maybe involving Eurovision. Honestly, was that just the longest, windiest roller coaster ever? It was so exciting because of the Christmas song. And then it was, oh, was it sad after Eurovision? And they were like, oh, no, but it's all okay because then we released a new song. And then it was, oh, yeah, we're going to split up. And then it was like, oh, but we might come back as Selena, but then Tia writing the song. And then potentially Tia and Daddy Freya. I feel like we were just all over the place. Honestly, everywhere that chat, but so joyful in the end. And yeah, the idea that Selena might come back she wants to do Eurovision again by herself as a soloist and, and obviously I think we, we we found that out didn't we last year I remember when I spoke to them before the contest in Liverpool that was basically how they were put together they were they were two individual artists that got through to the, the final shortlist for for the uh, the Austrian entry for 2023 and then the Austrian broadcaster decided to put them together so they are individual artists mm. Taya of course more of a songwriter Selena more of a more of a singer and a performer, so so maybe it would make sense if eventually Selena were to go to Eurovision once again with a song written by Taya. That'd be perfect, wouldn't it? I would love to see it. Love to see it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, speaking of exclusive after exclusive, tell me, are you going to hear from this next person from the UK's delegation at Junior Eurovision anywhere else? I mean, potentially you might do, but maybe this can be the first time. I don't know. Potentially you might do. At the point at which you're listening to this, you probably won't have heard from her before yet. I don't think. Anyway, because James, this is normally the part of the podcast over the last few weeks where we have been shouting, it's time to rewind as we <laughs> delve back into the archives of the Eurovision Song Contest here on the podcast. But today, James, I shout, it's time for the Junior Eurovision Song Contest, James. Here we are. It comes around every single year. It's like Christmas before Christmas. But it used to be at Christmas. Do you remember the last two editions were like a week or two just before Christmas? It was very Christmassy. Now it's like a month beforehand, which I'm not necessarily complaining about. But it's, uh, I don't know, maybe it's like the European version of Thanksgiving. We don't have a Thanksgiving year, do we? No, bonjour giving. I don't know. That's not a thing, is it? (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. Although it would be perfect because it is in France. Maybe that could have been the slogan rather than whatever it is this year. We are are the heroes or something, isn't it? Something about heroes. (laughs) Bonjour giving. If you win again this year, France, you can have that for free for next year. (laughs) But yeah, it's back in its traditional slot because I remember, clang, when I was in Belarus for the Junior Eurovision Song Contest in 2018. It was in November. However, as you said, James, we are chatting to a member of the BBC Eurovision team because for the second year since they returned last year, of course, the United Kingdom are back in junior Eurovision again this year with the girl group Stand Unique. Now, James, you spoke to Stand Unique a few weeks ago when I was off in Budapest after my wedding. So before we hear from the member of the delegation that I have been speaking to, shall we hear a little bit of your chat with the girls? So when we first heard the song, like after it had been cut and everything, like it was pretty much complete, there was a lot of screaming, a lot of jumping. <laughs> and it always comes in with us. Yeah, always. We, we, love, we love jumping. Why did we always jump? Um, <laughs> it was crazy because it was like from hearing the demo version of it and then hearing us on the track, it was it was mad. But it sounded really good. I was like humming it the whole week after and I was like, stop because no one can know about it so I was like stop myself from singing it and Yasmin when you first auditioned to go to junior Eurovision did you actually notice for for junior because Lee I remember you said last year when the 
when the singers were coming in, they didn't actually know to begin with. So Yasmin, did you know for the first time when you auditioned that it was definitely for, for Junior Eurovision? When, when we met all this, it's for Junior Eurovision, I was like, no, it's not, sure. <laughs> I was like, I'm going for a little audition and everything's going to be fine. And she was like, Yasmin, it's the Junior Eurovision. I was like, no, no. <laughs> and then I got there and my mom was like, do you believe us yet? And I was like, just a little bit, maybe. Just like, just, just maybe. And then when I went into the room to do my audition, it was like, wow, this is happening. I don't know what to do. I forgot loads of my words. And I was just like, uh, I was the bit. That's always the drama with Yasmin, which yeah. is the, the, the ongoing story. Your first audition ever was a drama, wasn't it? Because you were stuck on the train or something. Yeah. You literally turned up like, and just came in the room and, and sang. But that to me is like, if someone can do that and they're flustered about other stuff that's going on, you know that they can handle those things because you still came in and, and sang. And I know that you were sort of stressed. I was like... <laughs> they are lovely. Are they not? And what a lovely chat that must have been. It was, yeah. It was the day they'd been announced uh, as the artist for the UK. And they'd done a few interviews beforehand. I know they'd been on Scott Mills on Radio 2. They'd done an uh, interview for Newsround as well. So we were one of the first to chat to them. Uh, and yeah, they were just so much fun. There's so much energy. And I feel like they really bounce off each other well. And I feel like the performance on stage uh, from the snippets we've seen is going to look spectacular. Wow, absolutely. So I have been speaking to the BBC vocal coach for Junior Eurovision. So this is Juliet Russell. She's been working with the girls from Stand Unique over in Nice and in the months leading up to the contest as well, of course, to make sure that their performance is pitch perfect on Sunday afternoon in the grand final. I'm fascinated by vocal coaches because this is a world that I know nothing of. As I say to Juliet, I am not a performer or a singer and I'm not going to start now. So this is a world I know nothing of. So it was lovely during this chat when she said that I had a lovely voice, which you will hear, <laughs> you will hear in a little bit. But I was fascinated by how she works, how she's been working with the girls and how she's been preparing them for the contest in Nice on Sunday afternoon. So here's what happened when we caught up just after Stand Unique had come off stage from their first rehearsal. And I asked how things had gone. It went really well. I was so pleased and proud of them. I think it's all a big learning curve. It's the first time on the Junior Eurovision stage. Um, they're getting used to using in-ears, which are um, special sort of hearing devices so you can hear yourself and nothing else. So each singer has their own individual sound set for them. They've got full choreo, high podium. So it's really starting to come together. I was really happy with it. How how difficult does the, the choreo make your job? Obviously, your job is to make them sound as good as possible. But obviously, they're doing that at the same time as, as you mentioned, you know, quite an intensive chore choreographed routine. So how difficult does that make your job? Well, it's, that's a great question, actually. I think it's a real how the process works is you'll put the choreo down, then the singing down, then you'll bring it together. Then you just keep drilling it. So in some of the rehearsals, I'm getting the girls to do star jumps you know, running on the spot. Mainly it's about breathing and making sure you breathe. But but strangely, when you're active, your body seems to know when to breathe anyway. So it's just a matter of learning each separately, bringing them together and then running it and running it until it feels second nature. And how long have you been working with the girls? Obviously, you're, you're at in Nice now. The contest is just a few days away. But how long have you kind of been working with them for, for this moment and, and for the trip to, to France? I think we started recording 
in September. We got together and recorded the song, if I if my memory serves me correctly. And then we've had gaps because obviously the girls have school, you know, they they have that in between. So we tend to do an intensive burst, then a break, then another another burst. Um, but they're very good at taking notes. So when you give them something, it's about building up the performance over time, not giving them too, too much at one go, then go, you're nailing this now, let's add this bit in, let's get this really, really right. But what's brilliant about the girls is they individually sound so unique and they already have all their character in place, even that young. So really it's just a matter of making them blend together and to feel like they're giving their best vocal performance. And are they having the best time? Because every time you see them on stage and performing, it looks like they're having a brilliant time, which is obviously fantastic. But since you've got to France, since you've got to Nice, are they just having a whale of a time? Yeah, I really hope so. I think it's so much to take on. It's all new, but I think when they get on the stage and they really feel the performance, that's where they really do their best work. And actually at the rehearsals, they get better and better. So yeah, I think they're having a great time. What's it like for you? I mean, I might be wrong, Julia, but is this your first introduction to the Eurovision bubble? It is in my very first Eurovision. And I've um and it's lovely to that it's the junior one as well, because there's so much young positive energy around. It's great to see the other countries and, and we had the opening ceremony yesterday so to hear the young people speak so amazingly I mean lots of people are speaking in English but it's not their first language so yeah I'm absolutely loving my first Eurovision experience it's great and uh, what about the schedule as well because obviously followers of, of the adult contest and people that will have been to the adult contest will know especially for the artists and for people like you who are working within the delegation it's pretty intense you know you mentioned there the opening ceremony you've got rehearsals you've got all sorts of things going on so it's uh, it's a pretty hectic week isn't it once you land on the ground it is but i think there's something in that positive momentum that keeps you going and you know what your goal is and you just want everyone to feel as good as they can, look as good as they can, sound as good as they can. So it's a huge collaboration. And that's one of the things that makes it joyous. And and is it difficult, I suppose, for you, given how tiring the whole thing is to ensure that that the vocals are staying on point for, for quite a long period of time with all these rehearsals and then obviously managing to kind of hit their peak on Sunday? Yeah, I think that's really important because the girls always warm up and often cool down as well at the end of a rehearsal. And I think you're right that we don't want them to peak too early, but actually they've got generally very good vocal stamina and very good vocal fitness. You know, they know how to work with their voices. So their own vocal care is actually, they're coping with that very maturely, I would say. I'm fascinated by this as someone who, you won't be surprised, Julia. I'm not a singer. I'm not a performer. You <laughs> so, have a lovely speaking voice, though, so it th- come. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. But uh, I'm fascinated to hear about some of the, I suppose, techniques or things that you have to avoid, I suppose, as well as a, as a performer. I've heard, uh, you know, yeah. many kind of singers have spoken about, like, dairy is a big no-no, I, I think. Is that right? I mean, what 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 are the be- what are the do's and don'ts, I suppose, of a, of a great singing voice? Okay, I think there's a lot of... So in terms of vocal care... Um, it's really about warming up and cooling down, not necessarily to always blast it out. You're like understanding that you have a dynamic range, so you don't need to be full out all the time. You know, you can build to those peak notes. And there are techniques. There's a technique called twang, which is like a yeah, yeah, yeah. That helps you sing yeah, big notes without doing a big like yeah. You know, you don't, you're not forcing it, so it gives a lot of acoustic energy without a lot of physical energy. So that's one aspect. I think another aspect is with the girls. They They've got such a great sound already that really it's just helping them to 
to come together on things like the choruses so we get the, their blend because they're so individual to get those voices to work together in that way is something we've worked on um yeah so that vocal care with things like dairy it does create a little bit more mucus but I think if you feel like you have a cup of tea before and it suits you that's fine I mean obviously you want to stay hydrated hydration is really important not too much air conditioning lots of rest um and just generally if you feel good your singing feels good so keeping really healthy in every sense I love that we're having a chat about the Junior Eurovision Song Contest and we've managed to get the word mucus into the interview. So thank you for that, Juliet. <laughs> that, that was, yeah, do I get a prize? <laughs> absolutely you do. Absolutely you do. So Juliet, what does the rest of the week look like? Obviously, at the time at which people listen to this, it'll be midweek, still a few days to yeah. go. So what does the rest of the week look like? More rehearsals, more balancing, just getting those real subtleties as tight as we can. Just get the consistency of the performance there you know we've had some we feel that we're building all of all the time so it's just keeping it going in a positive direction and just having the girls to feel as relaxed as they can while still build bringing a lot of performance energy on the day so they feel like they've really done their best and that's all you can ask from anyone and where will you be on sunday during the live show will you be with the girls kind of until the point at which they go on stage or, or where will you be at yeah, I think I will be with them until the point they go on stage. Just those last minute, like, remember you do this, you know, enjoy it, all that kind of thing. We'll give them a little side of stage pep talk and then they'll be on. Brilliant. Oh, well, what an important job that is for the course of the week. Juliet, thank you so much for chatting. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, do pass on thank our regards. Thank you so much for having me. It's really been a pleasure, Rob. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. And do pass on our regards to the girls as well. And uh, good luck for the rest of the week. Nice to have been inside the UK's delegation there at Junior Eurovision. Lovely to hear from Juliet. Yet another new voice on the podcast. We should say as well, usually, or in the last few years at least, the BBC have used Annabelle Williams as their vocal coach. But uh, big congratulations to her. I think, has she just given birth? I know she's definitely pregnant. So huge congratulations to her. Uh, but now we've got Juliet, who's been working with the BBC and uh, has been working with Stand Unique. Yes, really, really nice to hear from Juliet and also fascinating to hear from somebody who is currently experiencing their first Eurovision in the bubble. Juliet has not worked at Eurovision before. She's worked on massive shows. She's been a vocal coach on The Voice here in the UK, I think, since Series 1, but she's never been to either an adult or a junior Eurovision. So uh, you always remember your first, James. <laughs> I wonder, there can't be many people I say that. What a flippant remark this going to turn untrue. I was going to say, there's not a lot of people whose first Eurovision experience is in the junior contest. I imagine there's mm. a lot of people. But for most, I would say, for most people, Eurovision, the adult contest, is their first experience. That's true. My first Eurovision as press was junior Eurovision mm. in, in Belarus. Um, but it wasn't my first Eurovision, uh, mm. which was in Vienna. So yeah, but there's bound to be someone out there. What's your first Eurovision, a junior Eurovision? Do let us know at Eurotrip Podcast, Twitter and Instagram. Oh, blimey, I feel like we can kind of breathe a sigh of relief. Not because 
we were worried at one point that we'd get through the episode <laughs> just because there's been so much, hasn't there, in today's episode of the Eurotrip podcast. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. And of course, if you have enjoyed it, do let us know. Let us know on the on the socials that I've just told you about. And also, tell a friend as well. If there is a Eurovision fan in your life that doesn't normally listen to us here on the Eurotrip podcast, what are they doing? Indeed, yes. But don't go running just yet because we still have the one second song to bring you. Uh, I've been choosing it this week. Uh, I can't remember. I think I got four points last week when uh, when you chose it. So the scores are currently 4-0 to me. But this week, Robbie, you have a chance to uh, etch some points on your side of the scoreboard. Are you ready? I'm ready, and I would say very quickly, you did get four points last week, but you did get four points last week on a song from Eurovision 2023. So it wasn't overly challenging. Mm, that's by the by. But uh, <laughs> let's have, uh, for you, Rob, and for you listening at home, this week's One Second Song. Well, um, I, quite, <laughs> quite, quite, I was going to say it's quite a memorable opening of a Eurovision song, but I can't remember it, which won't help much. But mm. yeah, I mean, it, it, it feels like it should be memorable. Yes, Rob, of course, let's remind you, you're looking for the song title, the artist, the year it competed and the country it represented. Uh, let's have it just one more time. Hmm. A few little, little dabble on the piano there. Yeah, yeah. Sounds tricky. Any ideas? Right. So, uh, No. <laughs> in summary um a little little dabble on the piano um what have we spoken about on the podcast this week junior the uk austria czechia <laughs> oh is it and this is this would be a very basic straight down the middle connection that you've made and i can't remember what the song was is it Czechia's entry from the Eurovision Song Contest of 2015, when of course it was held in Vienna in Austria. I'm going for two points. And you score zero points, unsurprisingly. Oh, no. Oh, I'm trying to think. I feel like I've got another guess in me, but I don't want to give you that in case that is correct and then I'll be upset. Okay, well, I shall tell you then. Uh, we are going back to 2008 for this one. It was Romania. Do you remember? No. <laughs> uh, it was Nico and Vlad with Pemagine de Lume. Vino Pemagine de Lume Capeo Banca Guano Sustam Cerul Sutermisarum Tinde E nici nu vom ști dacă O noapte întreagă și-o zi Is it Pomagier de Lume? I is think that, so. Is that right? I think it... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. I yeah. mean, I'm not, I'm not here to criticise your Romanian. If that isn't <laughs> Romanian. Is that Romanian? I don't know. Uh, no, I think it, 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 it couldn't have been. It certainly wasn't. Was it not Italian? Probably. Yeah, I'm pretty if sure that... Stick, yeah. stick a piano and sing in a deep voice it probably is italian isn't it yeah yeah pretty sure the song title at least i'm pretty sure it's italian but yes you didn't get it uh can you figure out why i chose that not at all hold on 2008 romania how does that link to anything nah not a clue i chose that because we spoke to tear and selena earlier on the 
opened. Oh, they are two people, and so uh, <laughs> you're not far off, actually. Oh. I did choose them because Tim and Selena are a duo, uh, uh, and Nico and Vlad are a duo. But Tim and Selena opened the grand final this year. The last time we had a duo who opened the grand final was back in 2008. No, oh, that's very good. That is very good. Well done. Mm. I like that. I like mm. that for a connection. Yeah. Uh, of course, that means that in 2008, they would have sung just before your friend of mine, Andy Abraham, for the UK. Uh, yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, well, very well remembered. They did slightly better, by the way. They finished 20th. Poor Andy came uh, 25th and last. Oh, dearie me. Anyway, let's hope for a much better result for the United Kingdom this week. Because, of course, good luck from me and James, and I'm sure all of you listening, to Stand Unique in the Junior Eurovision Song Contest on Sunday. Yes, indeed. If you're listening in the UK, the show starts at three o'clock on Saturday afternoon, so four o'clock Central European time. Very excited to watch that and uh, see how they all fare. And we will have a reporter. Mm -hmm. I'm raising my eyebrows. We will have a reporter in Nice towards the end of the week so any big stories that drop over there any reaction any chats that they are able to have while they're in the press center over there and of course any aftermath of any potential uk victory who knows in the junior Eurovision Song contest on sunday we will endeavor to bring that to you here on the podcast yes indeed uh so then until we are back with you for a brand new episode the brand new one which will come in seven days time will include a new episode of Rewind, but also we'll bring you Rewind Revisited. Still nowhere near as easy to say as it should be. Uh, we'll be bringing you that on Friday. Yes, absolutely. I'm trying to think which Revisited we are revisiting on Friday. We've got a choice of two or three, I think. I don't mm. know. We'll, we'll have a chat after this, maybe. And uh, yeah, yeah. Have a, have a look in your podcast feeds on Friday, and you'll find that. Yes. Uh, so yes, until we meet again, don't forget you can uh, keep in touch with us online. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. We are hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email and you can read all of our exclusive stories, which there are a handful from today's episode on EurotripPodcast.com. And don't forget, if you have enjoyed what you have just heard and feel like you would like to support us here on the podcast, we'd be ever so grateful. You can buy us a coffee, you can send us a few quid and you can help the podcast be the best it's possibly been ever. I mean, we just keep reaching new heights, James. But no, if you uh, if you want to support the podcast, then uh, you can do. You don't have to do though, but you can do by doing that over on buymeacoffee.com forward slash your trip podcast. Yes, indeed. And last bit of housekeeping: don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and rate us five stars. From me, James, it is au revoir. And from me, Rob, it is au revoir. <laughs> Welcome back then to the Eurotrip podcast here from us here at the Eurotrip. What? <laughs> here, here, from, here from the Eurotrip Productions. <laughs> <laughs> the Eurotrip from Eurotrip Productions. God's sake. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.